Hello, everyone, and welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green, and the Final Four is here. Friday, May 3rd, and Sunday, May 5th, it's the BCL Final Four. Broza Bomberg versus Virtus Bologna in the first semifinal on Friday. Then the 2017 champions, Tenerife, going up against the hosts, Telenet Giants Antwerp after that. And then the third place game in the championship on Sunday. Joining me, as he does every week, to preview some of the action is David Hein over in Germany. Dave, how excited are you for this week's event? It's finally here. (laughs) Uh, You know, way back, I guess, what, in October or end of September, maybe even, we were waiting for, for this weekend. And it's finally here, and I cannot wait. Should be two fantastic games, and then uh, and then two more to find out who who is third place and who is the champion. Yeah, this is what it all comes down to. We started the season back in September with the qualifying rounds, and then the regular season in October with 32 teams from 15 different countries. Now it comes down to this. Four teams left from four countries around Europe. It's going to be an amazing couple of games. Can't wait to see who comes out on top. There's some great individual players, of course, uh, some some amazing matchups in this. We're going to break all of that down on this week's podcast with Deacon Lloyd-Smith and Igor Jerkovic, two great writers from ChampionsLeague.Basketball, the official website. They've been covering the league all season long, doing a lot of great work. So make sure you go check that out on the website right now. Deacon has some closer looks up, looking at each of these teams, breaking down what they do well, where they struggle. Uh, Igor will have some stuff going up through the, throughout the week, so make sure you check for that. Also, be sure to listen to our most recent podcast with Ryan Pannone, the assistant coach for Hapoel Jerusalem. He faced three of the four Final Four teams, Bomberg, Tenerife, and Antwerp, twice this season, so he had a lot of great insight into what those teams are all about and how you can go about trying to slow them down and uh yeah some some great insight there from ryan so make sure you go check that out subscribe to livebasketball.tv to watch these games live and download the official champions league app for everything you need to know about the final four all right so let's jump right in to our conversation earlier with deacon and igor previewing the final four and giving our predictions for the winners of the semifinals the champion and the mvp Two break. Watch out down the lane. Tashawn Thomas takes off on the runway and throws it down. We've got 11,000 people on their feet here. He puts it on the deck, steps back, puts it up with the left hand. Tyrese Rice has done it yet again. Rice just doesn't know how to fail. All right, joining us on this week's episode to preview the 2019 Basketball Champions League Final Four in Antwerp, we brought on the great writers from ChampionsLeague.Basketball, Deacon Lloyd-Smith and Igor Jerkovic. Deacon, how's it going? Very good, Austin. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Excited for the Final Four. And Igor, how's everything on your end? Um, I'm really good and I'm not in the park this time around. I, I was passing by next to the park yesterday, but... Decided to opt in for an office today. <laughs> you thought about it, though. You thought about it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I thought about it. Like, I should just probably go some 300 miles south <laughs> and stay in the park. <laughs> Maybe right, you can well, find a lawnmower in the garden at the office. Uh, no, no, it's a bit cloudy today in Zagreb, so it's not that cool to go outside. It's just better to 
stay in, in the office. All right. Well, hopefully we won't have any motorcycles or anything in the background of this one. Of course, we wanted to have you guys on like we did uh, at the end of the regular season and then heading into the quarterfinals just to kind of preview these matchups, talk about you know the storylines that are the most interesting, uh, maybe some statistical arguments on both sides and, and you know make some predictions that will certainly be wrong. I think we, we were all on Jerusalem in the quarterfinals, Tenerife. Proved us all wrong, but we knew that one was going to be close. Let's start off with the hosts, Telenet Giants, Antwerp. We've been saying it all season long, youngest team in the competition, nobody older than 27 years old, going up against, as Deacon called them, the returning kings, the 2017 champions, Tenerife, one of the more experienced teams in the competition, of course. Uh, Deacon, I'll, I'll throw this to you first, since I just got done reading your closer look on Tenerife. This, you know, I think the experience versus the youth is kind of the main storyline that jumps out to me. But what else is really interesting to you in this series? And uh, do you do you kind of see that Tenerife experience being the the overwhelming factor here? Well, I think it has to play. You know, you have to look at the fact that not only is it an organization, but it's a squad. So many of those players were at the final four the last time around. And even the ones that were there and didn't play, like Javier Bayran, will have, have an extra level of motivation coming into it. And really, it's, it's the only thing left that they have to win for the season. So you, you're looking at a, an experienced, um, smart, motivated um, Tenerife team against the host. And, and the host has won every year so far. So it looks like a, it looks like a, a really interesting challenge. And, and in terms of the youth, Maybe that plays for Antwerp because, they, you know, you can't really predict what they're going to do all the time. And they don't have any fear. I think the, uh, Coach Moore said it in a in a post-game interview, or maybe it was halftime. He just said his team is talented, but it's also very fearless. And it is a dangerous cocktail for a team like Tenerife. Yeah, Igor, throwing it over to you, what, what kind of jumps out to you as the most interesting things from this series? And I think, you know, I... Probably Tenerife considered the favorites, um, but what, what do you think are Antwerp's chances? Like Deacon mentioned, they are the hosts, and the hosts have won every year. Uh, what, what just kind of jumps out to you from this one? I think this is a kind of a different situation compared to the first two Final Fours, because uh, both in 2017 and in 2018, we had the hosts as the favorites to win it, and they had a lot of pressure to deal with in the semifinal games uh, with... The Tenerife playing against Venezia, it was a close game until Tim Abramaitis went off for a double-double. And uh, we all know what happened with Ayek and Uka Murcia uh, last time around in the semifinals. So there's a lot of pressure on the hosts to perform in the semifinals of such an event. But with uh, Antwerp, that pressure is, if it's not there, maybe it is there, but... Uh, it's not as big as it was for Tenerife and for Ike uh, the last time around. So maybe they can relax, enjoy the occasion, and then feed off of the uh, crowd's energy and cause an upset. But I still feel like Tenerife are way too experienced for them and the way they handled uh, Jerusalem and the, the way they uh, went back up in the Spanish League in recent games. I feel like they could go all the way in the final four. They should go all the way and they should feel confident about being the winners again. All right, Dave, we mentioned on our most recent podcast, we both had Roel Moores from Antwerp as the coach of the year. 
Uh, what, what do you think about his chances in this matchup against Tenerife leading, leading his side against the 2017 champions? You know, I, I mentioned also a couple of times that, um, you know, one, one guy that, you know, really nobody has, has taken into account this season, uh, is, uh, Moses Kingsley. You know, he was, a um, you know, he's a real athletic, uh, big guy that can do a lot of damage and he's really played well, um, it, since the quarterfinals, uh, he's averaging almost seven points and uh, more than uh, and, and five and a half rebounds plus almost a block. He's had games of seventeen points, ten and nine rebounds, fifteen and ten, and then in the last two games he's had seventeen points, twelve rebounds. You know, this is a big athletic guy that can be a rim protector, um, can can get offensive rebounds, and uh, I I think that that's. That, that that's um, something that uh, Tenerife ha- will not have seen it yet. You know, they'll go to the game tapes of the, they'll have to go to the game tapes basically of the, um, uh, of the, of the Belgian league. And there's another factor, you know, uh, Antwerp's played nine games since the quarterfinals. They've played nine games. They're, they're seven and two. They only lost by one point at home to Ostend and they lost one point at Charleroi. Uh, but you know, nine games in uh, in the time where everybody else, nobody else has played more than uh, more than six, more than five games. Uh, you'll you'll have the home energy, which I think will help help the help Antwerp. But uh, you know, this there's a lot of things going down, and uh, you know that that's that's really making this uh, for me really a tough matchup to try to figure out who, which way to go. I I still right now. Haven't decided which way I'm going to go. I think it's an interesting point you make about um, Tenerife having not seen King. And if you think, if you think in relation to that, there's, there's not everybody's seen Tenerife since they won the the competition, and they've played a fairly similar way since then, even even with or without Vidoreto in charge. But this Antwerp team may not be a team that um, Tenerife have had much time to look at. You know, they just finished the they just finished the, um, the ACB game. This recently, so how much time have they actually had to prepare for Antwerp and, and watch them? You had a Ryan Pannone on your podcast, and he was saying that he hadn't seen Bologna, even though they were in the same league. So there's no given that that Tenerife will be well prepared for this Antwerp team. Yeah, Deacon, I, w- I was wondering. You know, I think that's a great point that Dave made about Kingsley. What, what do you think about the center matchup between the two guys who we have seen all season long, with Colton Iverson, who really came on strong uh, late, especially in the playoffs. And then Ismail Bako, who, after a couple uh, couple slow games to start the season, really had an, inc- an incredible second half of the year. Uh, certainly a, a contender for first or second team star lineup. What do you th- what do you think about that center matchup there, where we have the big physical bruising Iverson, and then uh, kind of the skinnier athletic Bako? I think it's a great question. I think it probably maybe it never works out that way, but maybe it's the question leading into the game is that. The closest thing that um, Ishmael Bako has seen to Colton Iverson will have been Dragusevic, maybe. I don't think he really saw anybody like that in the um, in the regular season, so it's going to be a real challenge for him. And how long, you know, how how long can um, Tenerife keep Colton Iverson on the floor if if Bako wants to run the floor? 
Yeah, Igor, are there any other individual matchups or just kind of uh, maybe X-Factor type players that you'll be watching for in this game? Yeah, I don't think that it will be the center battle. I think it will be about uh, Paris Lee and how he handles the pressure of the Tenerife guards. A lot of big names have had trouble with it when uh, Basas and San Miguel start chasing you around for 40 minutes. You have no time to relax, and the way that Tenerife play, uh, both on the offensive uh, you know, part of the court and the defensive, is just so much is going on, and you have to be concentrated completely for 40 minutes. And not sure if Paris Lee is ready to control like, control the game against both of those guards against everybody from Tenerife. And if he is, then Antwerp will make it to the final. And if he cannot produce his own kind of highlight reel that we've already seen, then Antwerp will be in trouble. That's absolutely a, a good point. Now, whatever happens to Paris Lee happens to Antwerp. Yeah, Dave, what, what are your thoughts there on kind of the guard matchup where Lee is, you know, may, maybe the type of guy who can give Tenerife a lot of trouble with his ability to penetrate he can finish. He can also kick out to shooters. What What do you think about Lee and the matchup here? I really, I do agree. With, I don't want to sound like the same thing, but I, I do agree exactly with what uh, what Eager said. You know, if if he can do it, yeah. Um, I then then you know tenor, then uh, Antwerp definitely have a chance. But you know, are you going? You know, not many people have been able to do it against against ten uh, against Tenerife this year. So, um. I, I I don't know I don't I I you know you you think about uh, you think about the guys that uh, that um, that that Tenerife were able to kind of keep control with um, uh, with uh, Jerusalem and you know and for, and uh, and Paris Lee you know this is only his uh, second year in the league and uh, you know these guys had a, these guys were winning a winning a Final Four uh, when he was a senior in college so. Okay, he's been he's been through a lot and had a good success this year, but you know this this is another step up uh, for him, and and so uh, you know I, I don't know I I really I I I'm kind of doubting whether or not uh, there'll be enough if he if he can if he can if he can deal with it. Yeah, there is a chance. All right, and a couple other notes that I I just thought were interesting in this. So Tenerife. Uh, have the highest turnover percentage of the four teams left in the final four. So maybe that could be a key for Antwerp if, if they're able to pull this off, if they're able to force some turnovers, get out in transition, uh, get Baco up and down the court and, and try to run Iverson off the floor like Deacon mentioned there. Also, looking at Tenerife's shot map in uh, in Deacon's closer look at Tenerife, it's just insane that Tim Abramidis is shooting 83% from the left corner and then 58% from the right corner. Like, that guy's basically automatic. So Antwerp are going to have to make sure that he's covered, especially when he's in those spots. And just kind of the last um, little note that I thought was interesting, Antwerp only 68.7% from the free throw line this season. If this is a close game, it could come down to free throws, uh, especially you know in a high-pressure situation. I think Tenerife certainly have the edge there, so that could be interesting to watch as well. Uh, Deacon, any final thoughts on this game before we move on? No, that's it. That, I mean, it, the interesting thing, other than that we haven't mentioned, the guy that we haven't mentioned is Jay Sean Tate, and he's, um, he's maybe different physically to anybody that um, Tenerife have come up with so far. A lot of Tenerife's wings are, are tall, 
shooting pick and roll type guys, but I don't know if the, if um somebody that's that kind of bullish and physical is an easy matchup for them. All right, Igor, any final thoughts here? Yeah, I'm just thinking that uh, Zion Williamson is just uh, Richmond's version of Joshon Tate, so <laughs> that's what you get. <laughs> and like, I love that guy. He's like, his backstory is amazing, and the way he rose, just as Victor Sanders has an amazing backstory, which you can find online, and it's just amazing. Speaks volumes of their character. And that's one thing that we can be assured of that Antwerp will be, if they go down, they will go down fighting till the end. I don't think this will be a blowout of the game. And it might come down to free throws, but Antwerp will hang around in there. And as for Abramaitis, I can't say that I'm surprised with his uh, high shot percentage because he has Lithuanian roots and everybody in Lithuania knows how to shoot three-pointers, especially from the corner. <laughs> So basically, that's it. And his dad played for Real Madrid. <laughs> so, yeah, cannot miss. I think that's a fair point. And Dave, any final thoughts on this game before we move on to the next one? Just to note, Devin White has played only 11 minutes and two DNPs in the last uh, four games. Uh, he played only four minutes against Andorra. I don't know what the, what what exactly that is, if it's uh, kind of just resting him or or if there's an injury that he's that he's been kind of dealing with. Um, and also Tenerife, just three games, uh, just four games decided by six points or less. They do have a lot of uh, non-close games. Uh, one in three in those games, losses uh, against Pauk, um, Venezia, and then the the quarterfinals against Jerusalem. So if it is a close game, you know, T- Tenerife doesn't have a lot of, uh, of games where they're in close games at the end. All right, moving on to the other side of the bracket. I'm incredibly excited for this matchup. We've got Broza Bomberg, led, of course, by Tyrese Rice, who put them into the Final Four with a great shot uh, in Athens on the road in front of a record crowd for the Champions League. They'll be going up against Virtus Bologna. Uh, so many weapons on this team. A lot of guards who you know might have a pretty decent shot of covering Tyrese Rice it it doesn't seem like uh, any one player can really shut him down but they do have some weapons there but Bologna something I thought that was interesting is they've been struggling in Italy since the quarterfinals since they took down Nanterre to make it to the final four they're only two and three in Italy Igor I'll throw it to you first on this one because you've been doing the power rankings all season long you've taken domestic league play into consideration during those rankings uh how how worrying is Bologna's recent play entering the final four I mean they haven't played that bad it's just the I feel like we can label them as unlucky because the amount of the games they've lost by a single point or a single possession is unreal. And the way they lost their last game to Brescia was on a last second shot, which was off balance of the backboard three-pointer that went in, which basically takes them, I mean, out of the playoffs in Italy. And realistically, they should have been fighting for home court advantage. So just a bit unlucky, but they still have enough firepower and they still have enough weapons uh, to go all the way in the Basketball Champions League. And that's another added motive for them because now they know they need this to sort of salvage their season to say that, okay, we'll remember 2019 by the fact that we won a European competition some 10 years after they won the Euro Challenge Cup. And I feel like this is what Dickon and I have been talking about 
uh, for a lot. And I keep telling him, like, for me, Bologna are number one favorites to win it. I, I feel like Bologna will go all the way. And he keeps saying, no, Bamberg will win it. So this will be a semifinals of Churkovic against Lloyd Smith. <laughs> and there you go. Well, I, I don't know. I You know, I, I think... Uh... Bologna is the team that feels most like Ike last season in that it's like that they kind of thrive in chaos sometimes too. Igor said that to me the other day and, and it's kind of true that this is a team that can can uh, score when they need to off their own back. You know, if, if the offense isn't running, they can find ways to score. You know, you can throw it in the post to Mathan Bay and he's shooting at a ridiculous rate from, the, from either post really. And then you can, obviously there's Kevin Punter who can, create his own shot of the dribble going either direction however he likes so it's um it's a team that has the talent to be like to feel a bit like Ike last season Dave I mentioned Rice at the top uh Ryan Pannone on last week's podcast said he was probably the MVP of the Champions League the most difficult player to guard in the Champions League what do you think about Bologna's uh chances of slowing him down in this I mean nobody's nobody's uh really necessarily totally slowed him down when he, when he really wants to get it, you know? And, and, uh, it, it was interesting what he, what, what, uh, what, uh, what Ryan said that, you know, they kind of try to take away the flashy pass, let him do the simple things. Um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's, um, you know, th- this is a great matchup of, of, uh, of, of coaching because you have the, the guy that has just has so much experience and so much winning as both a player and a coach. Um, and then you have a guy who's done nothing so far, you know, I mean, okay, he's had a great run. Uh, but how much of that is the experience of guys like Rice and, and Zizis, uh, and the like, um, and and them just being able to do things that they kind of wanted to do more than uh, uh, under Bogatskis. Um You know, you mentioned that uh, Bologna is kind of struggling. Uh, Bamberg really haven't been haven't been very playing very well of late either. Uh, they lost. Uh, they were they were one in four uh, since the quarterfinals until they beat. Uh, Braunschweig, and uh, they needed actually a, a huge performance by Augustine Rubit. He had 18 points in four minutes uh, in the fourth quarter to get them past Braunschweig, and and Bamberg actually play at Bayern on uh, on Tuesday, um, and uh, and that's a big game for for Bamberg as well because they're trying to to stay in the running uh, for home court advantage. Um, you asked the question about Rice. I I I if I had to put money on on somebody who would who would get his shot. Uh, if anybody in in this in the rest of the the rest of the teams that are in this uh, competition, if there's anybody who would get that shot off, it would be Rice. Yeah, Igor, we we talked about the big man match matchup in the other game with Iverson and Baco. What do you think about this situation where we've got Cliff Alexander, who was really effective against Ike, Augustine Rubit, who's been consistent all long uh, all season long, and then going up against Bologna, where they've got Kravich, who is pretty different from what Ike have to offer uh, in the front line with in, just in terms of his sheer size, and then also Brian Quali, and and you know occasionally they'll go with uh, they'll go with like Mbai at the four. Uh, what, what do you think about just kind of the matchup inside between these two teams? Actually, Igor, before you before you uh, answer this, do we know if Quali's going to be able to play? Because he hasn't played in the last three games uh, for Bologna in the league. Yeah, I was just about to say that I'm not sure he'll be a factor, but 
this, this is a topic where usually uh, Mr. Lloyd Smith goes and says, okay, they cannot guard anybody in the front court. Who is going to guard Rubit? And once they stop Rubit, who's going to stop uh, Elias Harris off the bench? Like, there's just way too much firepower. And then you have to check the stuff that Bologna have been doing offensively. And you can see that uh, Baldi Rossi had a couple of good games at the four. So maybe that's a weapon to stretch them out a bit. But still, like defensively, it's going to be a tough assignment for, I believe, Mbaye and Kravic plus uh, Yannick Moreira, who needs to play a huge part in his rim protecting uh, against the big guys from Bamberg. Moreira might be the the guy, though, because if you look at it, Moreira against Harris and Rubit is possibly better for Bamberg than... than, um... So he's probably possibly better for Bologna than trying to match up with Quali and, and Kravic. So it could end up being a, a good thing for Bologna. Don't do that. No, no, don't do that. You're for Bumper. Come on. <laughs> okay, don't, okay. don't try to figure right, it let's, out. Let, let's, let's go here. So, yeah. Harrison Rubit is too much. Is too much for uh, <laughs> Harrison Rubit is too much for anything that Bologna have in the in the in the front court. It's not going to work. Yeah, it's going to work. Bologna will win it. Um, also, I don't, I don't know if uh, Bologna hasn't been hasn't been hitting anything from three point range really all season. But you know, if you look at the uh, in the league in the last in the last five games, they're shooting twenty six percent. They they had games of two of eighteen and three of seventeen. Punter is three of twenty four in his last uh, four games from three point range. Is that is that a worry? Not at all. They've got so many good shooters. They've got like, if you were Bamberg, who do you leave open when you're trying to rotate in the defense? Do you leave open Aradori? Do you leave open Baldi Rossi? Do you leave open Kurno, who's shooting 50% from the three-point range in the Basketball Champions League? Do you leave open Tony Taylor or uh, Mario Chalmers? Do you know what he can do? Or Kevin Punter? Like, they're still good shooters. It's just probably a matter of confidence. And, you know, confidence is highly contagious. So <laughs> one or two shots made at an event like a Final Four, and that's what ignites Bologna, that's what ignites their fans, and that's what takes them all the way in my books. The other thing is that with Bologna, although they are the second top scorer, if if you go with points per game, they're the second top scorer in the Final Four. The thing that's been different since uh, Djordjevic came in is the way that they play defense at home. Th- those two home games against Le Mans and Nanterre, they were another animal defensively. So it's going to be about more about whether they can play defense like that on the road in Antwerp. If they can recreate the way that they, they guard the ball and the way they, the energy and physicality they have on defense on the road, can they do that? That that may be a bigger play than how well they shoot it. Because you know that Kevin Punter in a Final Four is going to shoot it well. It's going to be like Tyrese Rice. You expect both those guys to shoot it well. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. We'll see if they're able to bring that defensive energy that they have at home. Like I, I was at that quarterfinal game against Nanterre where they just completely took Jeremy Singlin out of the game, especially in the first half, just between Kelvin Martin, Mario Chalmers, Tony Taylor. Like 
even um, their, some of their bigger guys, like Mbai, like a bigger wing, uh, those guys are, are just like they're a menace. Like when they're when they're all kind of locked in and on the same page, like they're just physical, they're tough. So I, I think that's going to be an interesting matchup for Rice, who you know is a little bit smaller. Of course, he's he's super strong himself and can get his shots off just with the way he uses his body and his footwork and everything. But that's that's going to be really fascinating to watch. Uh, Dave, any kind of final thoughts on this game? We'll go into some predictions. Uh, Bomberg is eight and three in games decided by six points or fewer. And one of the losses was the two point loss, uh, which, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a loss. I mean, it was, they knew they could win. They could lose by, by three. Right. So, but, uh, eight and three, uh, including seven wins in a row. All four of the playoff games were decided by six points or fewer. So, you know, this is a team that knows how to win uh, in the crunch and shooting 82.2% from three-point range, uh, from, from the free throw line, 71%, 71.7% for uh, Bologna. Is Bamberg's also a team that gets to the free throw line more than anybody else as well. Yeah, that second leg against Banvit was insane. What, what was that, like 29 of 31 or 28 of 31? Free throw rate was 50, 53%. So essentially for every 10 shots they took, five of them were free throws. Wow. Okay, Igor, you've already said, so you, you think Bologna is going all the way. Um, am, am I right? Is that it, Bologna over Tenerife is what you're calling? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bologna all the way. But would you guys be surprised if uh, we saw Kelvin Martin at a part of a time taking care of Tyrese Rice defensively? He's seen Howard Centrus against Ike, a bigger guy. So is that probably a way to go? Because you know how Martin plays defense. Yeah, I, I think they'll probably mix it up with uh, with Taylor and Chalmers. But I, I, I think Martin could definitely give him some trouble with his size. Corner as well. You could, that, that, what what you saw in Nante with, against Nante with England, they threw everybody at him. And you can imagine they'll probably do the same. Yeah, they stangled him out. Oh, nice. Uh, boo. Uh, boo. <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah. so. All right en- enough bad puns. We, we need to wrap this up. So Igor has Bologna over Tenerife in the final. And then Igor, who would your MVP be in that situation? Think probably punter? Uh, no, I'm going to go with Tony Taylor because he's had an awesome season and it kind of seems to go under the radar. So Tony Taylor, you're my man. All right, cool. Deacon, we'll go to you next. Who are your finalists, your winner, and MVP pick? I'm going to go with Tenerife to get to the final. And in the other one, I'm going to stick to my argument with with Igor just because we like arguing. I'm going to go with Bamberg. Um, the, the winner, I, I really can't pick it. I really can't pick it. I'm going to go with... Um, pass i really Five, can't pick, pick. i'll come back to you on that one so if it, i'll say this right now if it is if it is bamberg in the final four and they're against tenerife then it's going to be tyrese rice is the finals mvp and if it's if it's tenerife win it then i don't know how you pick an mvp on that team i'm not really sure well it'll probably be what abramidas or, or iverson because that, those those are going to be their two main weapons yeah, but then it, yeah, I mean, well, Bersina could be like Bayron too. Yeah, but Bersina yeah. won't do it, won't do, won't do it in both games though. He'll well, do it. Yeah, he'll do it in one of those games. He has done so far in the playoffs. Yeah, but I think you're underestimating Javier Bayron. 
also. And I, I, I think that's... He could go for a triple-double. And I think basically. that's another thing. You know, with Byron, you know, he, he didn't play in the Final Four last, you know, two years ago, and we had him on the show, yeah. and he, he said, you know, this is extra motivation for me, so... That's yeah. what I mean. So I, I don't know how you pick an MVP for Tenerife, but I, I, I think if it, if it's going to be Bamberg, it has to be Tyrese Rice, right? Maybe maybe Rubit too, the way he's playing. You know, you mentioned, Dave, that he was ridiculous in the closing stages for, for Bamberg in Germany recently. So he's somebody that can that can carry Bamberg too. I mean, Dickon, Dickon I got to say that uh, you're, I need an advanced stats on your... The way you handle this question, you, you're, you're horrible under pressure. <laughs> like, late shot clock situations don't don't put the ball into Dickens' hands. Okay, all right. You, you want you want a late clock answer? I'm going to go Bamberg. Bamberg to win the, the final four and Tyrese Rice's final four MVP. All right, Dave. We'll go to you next. Uh, what are your picks for the games, the champion, and the MVP of the Final Four? Before you do this, Dave, are you really going to pick Tenerife after the season that you had? With <laughs> um, you, you know, I, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna do the exact same thing that Deacon did, uh, and not 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 uh, have have uh, you know weak uh, performance at the end of the shot clock. No, I think I'm gonna actually go with the same thing. Uh, I I I I. I I, um, I think that there's, uh, I think this Kingsley thing would be, is going to be interesting. Um, but I, I just think there's just too much, um, of these, you know, the moment won't be too big for, uh, for, for Tenerife and they'll get, they'll get it done. Uh, you know, they've been, and now that I pick them, they're going to lose. So put your money on Antwerp and you got it. Um, so I yeah I I think I think uh, Tenerife will will be in the final and I think it'll be Bumberg and I think Bumberg will win um and uh, and I think Rice I think Rice is uh, is going to be the MVP you know this is you know, he shines at the end of big uh, big moments and also shines in big games and this is a final four we we know he's uh, you know he's he's uh, shown at a at a big final four in the past so. Uh, and this is not me being a homer, uh, homer in Germany at all. Um, but I, I, I'm going to go with Bamberg over Tenerife in the final with uh, Tyrese Rice as MVP. But when I, right. I, I will say, we'll say that you know it was super. It was very interesting what Ryan Panone said last week um, about you know this is the only title that Tenerife has to play for. You know, you think they are going to play whatever either Barcelona or Real Madrid in the first round of the playoffs. You know, all these other teams. I, I think that I think that Bologna can still squeeze into the playoffs. Uh, and Tenerife already has has the cup. So uh, and Bomberg, you know, as long as they can avoid having you know Bayern in the in the first round, and they'll be fine. Um, so there's not that to be underestimated. But I just I think that the veteran leadership that that the that the Rice sees as point guard has that they're that they'll just be able. They've seen so much in their in their career that that'll be too much. You're up, uh, Austin. What do you got? Yeah, so I'm actually going to go the same as you guys. I'm going to take Bomberg over Bologna. I that that one is incredibly close to me, but I think uh, I think Rubit and Rice will be able to get things done. I, I just trust Bomberg more than Bologna. Even both though both teams have kind of had up and down moments this season, where you know Bologna started incredibly fast and then faded a little bit. Uh, Bomberg started slow and then they've been building up some steam. But I, I just trust them more in clutch situations, like you mentioned with Zizis, with Rice, with their free throw shooting where it's at. I, I think I'll take Bomberg there. 
And then Tenerife over Antwerp, just the the experience factor for Tenerife, the ball movement, the fact that this young Antwerp team is going to have to be completely focused and locked in during uh, during the shot clock uh, as as Tenerife goes through their motions and everything. I just feel like there's going to be breakdowns. There's going to be open shots for Tenerife. And then in the final, I like Bomberg in that matchup. I think uh, Tyrese Rice would, would have a massive game in that situation. Uh, the experience factor, again, just with Zizis and those guys. Um, so I'll take Bomberg over Tenerife as well. So we've all picked Tenerife. That probably means Antwerp's going to win the whole thing. Uh, but we'll see how that goes. I tell, you, uh, and, I tell you what. So seeing as you guys both picked Bamberg, can I change my finals prediction then? Nope, nope. Too late. No, okay, too late we, no. gave, we gave you the chance to go first, man. Horrible <laughs> late shot clock. Man. <laughs> Listen, I'm calling timeout. I need, I need the replay. Out. Ref, we need a replay. All right. Before, before we let you guys get out of here, um, Igor, what are you doing for the website this week that people should watch out for? I'm gonna be gloating a lot once Bologna win everything, and you guys are gonna <laughs> owe me so much lasagna and pizzas and everything because I can't believe that I'm the only one who picked them. Uh, there will be a lot of stuff uh, related to the final four, and once we get over there, then um, I'll stick to my favorite stuff to do, which is the live blog, and probably we'll end up with some game reports and uh, previews and interesting stories that I can find. Uh, so there will be interesting stuff as always uh, to visit at the Champions League.basketball website. All right. And you can follow him on Twitter at Igor Jerkovic and Deacon. I saw that you have three of the closer looks up right now. Is, is there one on Antwerp coming as well? Yeah, it's, it's publishing now today. Um, so that's ready to read. It's up there for you to read. Um, and then at final four, I will be mostly drinking Belgian beer. So, I'm going to be writing some some tactical breakdowns after each game and probably telling people about the beer that I've been drinking. Are you Maybe. going to tell them about the beer or are you going to change your mind in the last second? <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to order the beer? Uh, can I have, uh, please? Usually, uh, usually the beer yeah. makes me more decisive. Usually if I drink the beer, <laughs> I find it easier to decide. So I'll probably drink the beer and then write the articles and that will work also, perfectly. Also advanced stats and metrics. More beer. More efficiency. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. So make sure you go read those. The the other closer looks that are up right now have, have been fantastic. So great job with those. Uh, and yeah, I think that'll do it for this little Final Four preview. Make sure you follow Deacon at DLS Coaching on Twitter. Make sure you check out, check out championsleague.basketball for all the great work that these guys have been doing this week and, and throughout the season. So Deacon, Igor, thanks for coming on the podcast and giving us your Final Four thoughts. Voila. Thank you. Thanks, guys, and uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy Antwerp, yeah? All right. Thanks again to Deacon Lloyd-Smith and Igor Jerkovic for joining us to preview the Final Four. Uh, Dave, we're only a few days away now. We're recording this Monday afternoon. Uh, the Final Four is upon us. Uh, in, any final words from you before we get to the games on Friday? Uh, you, you know, I mean, we, we, we talked about so many different things. Um, you know, a couple of the, you know, the, the fact that, that Byron wasn't there you know, in the final four, you know, there's going to be that motivation. Uh, I, th- I think that, that, uh, uh, Djordjevic and Perego, 
uh, matchup is going to be fascinating. I see actually um, uh, Sportando just said that he that Perigo, uh might get an extension is close to getting an extension. Obviously, Sportando's pretty pretty uh, pretty accurate on their stuff. Um, and you know, there's the champs, there's the hosts, uh, the experience, the youth. There's so many, uh, um, you know, you know, punter, rice. Uh, there's so many cool, uh, storylines that, um, you know, I, I think that there's, there's a lot of different ways these two games are going to be that can, that these two games can go. And uh, I'm really looking forward to see how they, um, how they break down. Yeah, it's going to be an amazing final for the 2017 champions where Tenerife in 2018, Ike took the crown on their home court in Athens. 2019, Antwerp's hosting. Uh, we're going to see if they can make it three for three in terms of host teams winning the title, but they have a ton of competition. It's going to be amazing. Make sure you subscribe to livebasketball.tv to watch all of these games live or on demand. Dave and I will be joining you with a quick podcast after the semifinals, breaking down some of that action and previewing previewing the final. And also after the championship on Sunday, we'll have another podcast for you guys then to talk about the winners of the 2019 basketball Champions League season. So thanks again to our guest, Igor Djurkovic and Deacon Lloyd-Smith. For David Hein over in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and we'll catch you next week.